So we're going through the book of Corinthians. We're right near the end. We're at chapter 16. And so we've got four verses in chapter 16 that we're going to look at today. So we'll throw up the photo. The uh, Corinth is, is here. So that's about, if that, by, by the road, that would take, it's about 3,000 kilometers from Jerusalem. By sea, 1,300. So it's a long way away. And one of the things Paul addresses that, that came from the church at Corinth was about a collection. And the trouble was, in Jerusalem, there was um, a big number of very poor believers. And so uh, part of what Paul was doing as he traveled around was he was getting together actually a collection that would be taken and taken back to the believers in Jerusalem. And what has happened is the Corinthians had asked him some questions about that collection. And so partly Paul is answering those questions in this letter. Uh, It's also mentioned in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Romans chapter 15, and Acts chapter 20. And the Jerusalem Christians were struggling financially. Not 100% sure why. We know that there were famines in the area during the reign of Claudius, 41 to 54 AD. We also know from Acts chapter 6, there are a large number of widows in the Jerusalem church. But it's clear whatever reasons there were, they were struggling. They were finding it hard. The believers in Jerusalem, the original believers, were struggling financially. So let's read that scripture, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 to 4. The collection for the Lord's people. Now, about the collection for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Then when I arrive, I will give the letters of introduction to the men you approve and send them with your gift to Jerusalem. If it seems advisable for me to go also, they will accompany me. This message is titled Special. Special. So, two, two things. Two special things. First thing is special people. The reason for the collection and the redistribution was not just that uh, they were poor down in Jerusalem. You know, there were poor people also in Corinth. But that they were the Lord's people. They were God's people. They were the saints. And um, most of you will know in Māori, uh, the word sacred is translated tapu. So in Te Paipera Tapu, the Māori Bible, this is translated tapu. And hunga is a group of people. So this uh, is translated, the collection for God's people, nā, mō te kohi kohi, mō te hunga tapu. The collection, kohi kohi, for the gathering of the sacred people. That's how 
it's translated. So it's like there's something special about the collection, the gathering of the people, of God's people, of the church. Something special about the church, about God's people, about the saints, the hunga tapu, the sacred gathering, the sacred association. Not tapu so much as to who they were. Uh, like most churches, the Jerusalem Christ, uh, Christians were probably a motley collection, much like you people, uh, of all sorts. So they're not tapu because of who they were, but whose they were. They were God's people. Other Bible references indicate the same thing. The saints, 1 Corinthians 3.18. You are God's temple. 1 Corinthians 15.9. I persecuted God's church. Not just I persecuted, this is Paul, not just I persecuted the church and organization, but I persecuted God's church. 1 Galatians 6 verse 10. Be kind to all, especially those who belong to the family of believers. 1 Timothy 4 verse 10. He is the savior of all, especially those who believe. So there's something special about the gathered community of faith in the eyes and the heart of God. And this brings us to a very important question. Are not all people, are not all people important to God and therefore to us as humans? Not just the church, aren't all people? And the answer is yes, but. You know, like um, parents love to hear from their children, yes, but. The answer is yes, but. And the reason that modern people, yes, but, the reason that modern people think that all people, irrespective of race, religion, gender, age, are important, is due to the historic reality of the gathered community of faith, the church. You see, people have not always thought like that. People have not always thought that all people are important. In fact, it's the church that has been hugely influential in promoting this idea of the sanctity of humanity. It's largely due to the church. Most people think that sanctity of human life is just self-evident. That's the way normal people think, that human life, whoever it is, is important. And it's only, you know, modern people think, oh, it's only weird people that think that have disregard for subsections. But in reality, that idea of, of the sanctity of human life, that's come through the church. But it's uh, permeated the world's thought pattern so much that it's now believed that that's self-evident. It's like um, putting petrol in the, in the gas tank of the car a long time ago, and then we think that it just runs on air. Well, it doesn't just run on air, but the gas was put in a long time ago. A... A few years ago, a writer by the name of Annie Dillard went and lived by a creek in the mountains of Virginia to be refreshed by, the, by being uh, close to nature for a year. And she, um, she expected to be refreshed 
by nature, by the closeness of nature. Instead, she found this. She found, she came to realize that nature was completely ruled by one central principle. And that was violence by the strong against the weak. Historically, in human history, we see this in the case of human sacrifice. Uh, Pre-Christian Northern European peoples of the English people, Germanic people, Scandinavian, all used human sacrifice in religious attempts to control their worlds. In India, there was widespread use of widow burning when a husband died, Sati, and the missionary William Carey, uh, working alongside others, led a 25-year battle to get that overturned, that practice. Here in Aotearoa, there was a pre-Christian practice of occasionally in building, there were uh, poles were put up, poles were put up, and there was human sacrifice at the dedication of beginning of those poles being put up. Um, so there was there was a a norm of a widespread, widespread, widespread pre-Christian practice all over the world of human sacrifice. That was regarded as normal prior to Christ. And so uh, non-Christian philosophers such as Nietzsche, uh, Sartre and others have correctly said that once you take God out of the equation, Really, there's no rational reason uh, to be loving, to be kind, or to work for peace. In other words, morality minus God, such as regard for human life, has no reasonable basis. And therefore, modern secular atheists are intellectually dishonest in that they have subtracted God, but held on to selected aspects of morality. When without God... There's no rational reason for morals. Now, it's a really long-winded way of saying that one of the effects and purposes of the specialness of God's people is the church has helped establish and maintain the specialness of all people. Got that? So one of the reasons... Uh, for the and purposes of the specialness of God's people, the church, is help to establish and maintain the specialness of all people. And so uh, God said to Abraham, you are blessed to be a blessing. And Jesus said to his disciples, you are to be salt and light. That is, we are here to make a difference in the world that we live in. So in summary, the specialness of God's people, the church, helped establish the idea of the specialness of all people. First thing. Second thing, there is a specialness about the first day, verse 2. Sunday, this is also evidenced in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, and Acts 20, verse 7. Why did... The first Jewish Christians make that dramatic change from their special day going from Sabbath, from Saturday to Sunday. You know, the Sabbath had been in place for hundreds of years. The reason was, Sunday was the day that Jesus rose from death. Rose came out of a tomb. 
What symbol do people associate with Christianity? It's a real question. Yes, but <laughs> uh, for the first few hundred years, it wasn't the cross. The cross was nothing uh, special. The Romans were crucifying people all over the place. Cross meant nothing. The symbol the early Christians used was, in fact, the fish. And that was because uh, Jesus was like the story of Jonah, that Jesus, after three days, he came out of the tomb, like Jonah came out of the fish. In fact, they say travelers in that part of the world in those early centuries, um, because they were persecuted, they had, they had some passwords. One of them was if a, a stranger met another stranger on the road, and he was a Christian, at times he would draw an ark. If the other stranger drew an ark the opposite way, thus making uh, the sign of a fish, then they could reveal themselves as, as uh, brothers in the faith. They were both Christians because of the fish. And so right near the end of the letter, Paul says to the Corinthians, Paul says, on your special day, save up some money, depending on how much the Lord has blessed you that week, for, for part of the special people, the brothers and sisters down in Jerusalem that are struggling, and we're going to get it transported down to them. So I, I want to suggest, if it's been historically important to have a specialness about the people and the day, then we shouldn't ditch that either that we should fight to retain for that specialness. And two questions that follow. That if we are to retain that specialness about the day and about the people, and I know it's really hard. So many of us are medical people, and and I'm glad of that. If my kids have an accident on Sunday, I don't have to wait till Monday to take them to someone. And... um, But in general, how do we retain a specialness about the day and the people? And the answer is habits. Habits. It's interesting how uh, random acts of kindness is all the rage at the moment. And random acts of kindness are okay, but only partly helpful. It was not random acts of kindness that got slavery, uh, slavery abolished, or widow burning abolished, or child sacrifice wiped out. In fact, it was regular acts of devotion by people of faith. Regular acts of devotion. Habits, spiritual habits. Uh, At our place, for some reason, a habit has developed that if it's someone's birthday in our house, then they have pancakes. And one day we tried to have a birthday without pancakes, and Tiatafa got really upset. You know, it can't be a can't be a birthday without pancakes in the morning. So um, I'm just going to throw out some some habits that uh, I've found helpful at times, and it's not not as a way of showing off or or to be legalistic. Um, but I just wanted to kind of just uh, maybe inspire you to think about, you and, and your family, to think about what are some spiritual habits that you might want to try and develop or continue to develop that will be helpful. So, habits for Sundays, a special time. It's like a cathedral of time. And I want to talk about um, 
mostly my pre-pastor days because I have a weird job at the moment where Sunday's sort of a work day. So um, before, when I was a, a school teacher, when I started, I used to hate Sundays. Most teachers do because um, to start with, I'd really procrastinate and uh, school teachers... It's not just nine to three with finger painting, you know, there's, there's planning, there's preparation. And I would, I would procrastinate and procrastinate all weekend and then have that horrible Sunday afternoon feeling of, man, I've got to get ready for Monday and for my planning and preparation. And then I thought, I'm going to change that. And so I developed this habit that early Saturday morning, I'd wake up and I'd go, most often go down to school and I'd work all Saturday morning, sometimes into... Saturday afternoon a bit, and then it was done. And then um, do whatever jobs, cleaning had to do, and then um, it was done. Sunday morning, uh, in the early days, back in Porirua, our church, we hired, it was community rooms. (laughs) And uh, so they hired it a lot. Saturday night, they'd often hire it out for parties. And so... uh, You'd go in there Sunday morning and you knew that there'd been a party there the night before. There was um, uh, smoke butts all up, it was upstairs, uh, all up the stairs, sometimes urine, uh, vomit. And so the first thing we'd do, we would uh, clean out all that. We would sweep, uh, mop, put out the chairs, pray. And, you know, I actually found that really exciting about preparing a few of us preparing that, that area, getting ready for the worship by the people of God, for the Son of God. That was a habit. Uh, in the afternoon, because I'd done my planning and all that, I was free to, to do recreation and to visit people. And uh, Also, I went through a stage where I would um, read uh, quite a number of chapters of the Bible on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, now I have a habit, 4.30 to 5.30, I watch rugby. <laughs> That's a habit. Um, what about uh, a habits for retaining the, the specialness of the called out people of God, the church, te hunga tapu? Uh, for me, in church settings, often I, tr- I, try, uh, I try to talk to people that are different from me, that are different uh, race or older or younger or whiter or darker or different interests, um, so that I get that sense that despite them being uh, different from me, there's something united about us, that we, we share the spirit. Even though we're different, we're the same. So that's a habit I often do in, in church settings. Um, another thing is a challenge of my, of my job is sometimes people will come and they will uh, slightly or blatantly be critical of other churches and other church leaders, sometimes in a way uh, to flatter me. You know, they're kind of, they dress funny down there at their church, but Carl, you're, you're really <laughs> snappy dresser. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> no, we don't. Sorry, that's a lie. But um, 
But sometimes people do, they speak badly. And a habit I try pretty hard at is I speak highly, I try and speak highly of other church leaders in other churches. And I say, you know, um, they're doing a really great job of bringing people to the Lord down there. Or they're really making a big impact on the community down there at that church. Because actually, uh, I really believe there's something special about the called out people of God. I don't want to do anything that would destroy that, not just here, but in all those congregations. Biggest question, though, is not how. Biggest question is why. Why a special day? Why a special people? And the answer is this. The answer is this. The answer is because Jesus is special. Because Jesus is special. Like we started the service today, 1 Peter 3.15. In your hearts, set apart Jesus as Lord. In your hearts, set aside Jesus as Lord. And the truth is, there's something special about Jesus. Until you can do that, until you believe that, in your heart and in your mind, in your everything, there's something special about Jesus. Those other things actually don't really matter. But the truth is, there's something special about Jesus. No one did miracles like he did. No, no one has done those things that he's done for me and my family like Jesus has done. No one else spoke with the authority that Jesus did. No one took the time with women and children like he did. No one cared about the outcasts and the alienated that he did, that he does. No one else is the exact representation of God than Jesus is. No one forgave his enemies. No one forgives sin. You know, many leaders have died sacrificial deaths, but only Jesus rose again. No one else, no one else said to me, I forgive your idolatries and brought you new hope and life into my life like Jesus has done. And so Jesus is special. Jesus is special. So set him aside in your heart as Lord. Then those other things follow in. Those other special things. Special people, special day. So let's do that. Let's have, uh, as the, maybe the worship team come up again. And um, let's have a time of quiet. And in your heart, if you're open to it, Set aside Jesus as Lord. Let's let's stand up uh, as we worship. People will be here to pray. Maybe if the, the prayer team can come up now.